You're listening to the Hustlenomics Podcast, episode 48. For Amy Colosa, what started out as a career in traditional graphic and print design turned into a love for designing for the web. That evolved even further as Amy became just as excited about coding the end result as she was designing it. Amy helps individuals and companies best express themselves through creative design, development, and strategy. In other words, if you need someone to speak the language of the web, she's your girl. When she's not in front of a screen, you can find her working on her products for her t-shirt and art print shop called Chin Up Prints, sewing, screen printing, and crafting. I hope you enjoy my interview with Amy of Amy Designs and Chin Up Prints. You're listening to the Hustlenomics Podcast, a podcast all about inspiring female creative entrepreneurs, their stories, experiences, and life lessons. Hear from women working in creative industries who are breaking the rules and doing things their way. Learn from their challenges, struggles, failures, and successes, and get an inside look at their top tools and resources that help them along the way. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Hustlenomics podcast. I'm your host, Katie, and today I am so excited to be talking with Amy Colosa. She is a graphic designer, web developer, and maker who builds creative strategic websites for small businesses along with custom email templates. So, Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much, Katie. So, do you mind telling us a little bit about who you are and your business? Sure. Um, so, my name's Amy. I'm a designer and web developer. I work at a local media company here in New York as a marketing email developer, and I own an upcycled apparel business. And for fun, I play roller derby. <laughs> and I really enjoy being part of the web community and helping other creatives with the technical aspects of their businesses. Very cool. So how did you kind of get into this field? Yeah. So when I was in, um, <laughs> it's actually funny, <laughs> back in the day when um, like LiveJournal and MySpace were really popular, <laughs> that's kind of how I got interested in graphic and web design. I became really fascinated with creating graphics and following tutorials and really enjoyed the problem solving aspect of uh, web design. And I, I'm pretty much self taught in web development. Um, I did learn a lot from my previous jobs, a lot of on the job <laughs> training. But um, I just remember teaching myself and my one of my first websites I made was a portfolio to show my graphics and I made a lot of reconstructed clothes at the time and I had a, a small blog on there so it was a way for me to teach myself how to code websites and it also fulfilled a lot of my growing passions mostly design tech and sewing you know I, I'm always interested in like you know how people build their websites and the aesthetic and your opinion do you come across a lot of websites where you keep seeing the same mistakes happening over and over and over again that it's like a trend that people are doing on their websites that's just not working yes yes that's a great question um, and it it's really it, it's it's wild to see you know now that there's so many different ways you can go about building a website and there's so many great builders where somebody who just needs to get something up quick and, you know, doesn't want to spend a lot of time can just, you know, get a site up and running and it's amazing. And then if somebody wants, you know, something more customized and involved, then they can work with a designer and developer. There's so many options, but a lot of times I see and actually started offering website audits. Uh, that's something I'm going to be like fully rolling out, but I just really, I really enjoy helping people improve 
their sites, especially creatives, because I have that perspective. <laughs> so yeah, I see I see a lot of the same templates over and over again. I see a lot of things that are very overly salesy, which is which is great to focus your content on your ideal user, but it becomes very repetitive with, okay, you get to a site and there's the pop-up and join my mailing list. And at that point, nothing really starts to stand out. Right. Yeah, I definitely, and I'm sure you can spot a template like immediately when you go to somebody's site. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So a lot of people don't really know what it would be like working with the developers, but if they're interested or they're thinking about it, can you kind of explain the process of what it would be like working with a website developer and designer? Totally. So I work with both directly with clients. I also work with designers who um, don't want to do any of the coding end, which is great. They just want to design, you know, they don't want to deal with that. I also help people bridge the gap if they have, they know they want to do something technically, but they don't know how to explain it, or they don't know how to even start going about it. I do some consultation in that way. Yeah. And I would just be a lot of people, they'll, they'll, when talking to a developer, they'll say, they'll, they'll try to use the, the technical speak. <laughs> we love just hearing, okay, tell me what you're looking to do. And then we will translate the technical aspect of it. <laughs> if that makes sense. And that's interesting. I'm glad you said that because I feel like one of the biggest hurdles is people don't really know how to explain what's in their head, you know, you know, they don't even, like you said, they don't have the language or maybe they just are not very good at communicating. So how do you kind of draw out those ideas and that vision from your clients to get it on the computer screen? Yeah. So I try to ask a lot of questions (laughs) to go back to the main idea of what are you trying to do? You know, who's your target customer? Because sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, okay, I want this functionality. And then I said, okay, let's back up a little bit. Is that really what you need? And in terms of websites, there's a lot of times when people want to use a certain platform or there's there's people who work in one platform. And I try to you know, be platform agnostic and think about what would be best overall for their business. Okay. So, I mean, you said you kind of work with all different platforms. Do you have a favorite that you would recommend to somebody if they asked you like, what's the best? Yeah. WordPress for sure is my favorite. (laughs) I'm one of those people, (laughs) but yeah, that's just (laughs) what I got started with. It's, you know, it's the original blogging platform. It's really powerful. It's really flexible and it's the most professional. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So you mentioned that, you know, sometimes people don't really know what they need, why they need it. And you know, a website, it it gets, it's very personal for people because it's kind of like their first impression to the world, their business's first impression in the world. So how do you kind of like set those expectations so people know what to expect? They understand how long it's going to take, where feelings don't get hurt or, you know, things like that. How do you set those expectations with your clients? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, design is web design is much more than just having a nice looking website. And we we all can focus on that sometimes, you know, what looks the nicest, but it doesn't necessarily mean that something is the best solution functionality wise. So I really, you know, take a step back and just start things really bare bones with um, wireframes and figuring out the main the main problem and the main goal that we want the user to take. 
I try to walk my clients through a timeline. I, I get them very involved through the through the whole process because it really is a collaboration between client and designer. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, the tech industry and coding and all that stuff, it kind of feels like it's still a boys club. I don't know if you feel like that, (laughs) but every time, you know, I I just see people on Facebook or message boards or whatever, and there's definitely women there, but I still feel like it's male dominated. Have you felt that at all? Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Been in situations where I've been kind of the only woman coder a couple different times, but now there's so many different resources and communities specifically for women. It's really great. Like I'm in a couple local groups. It's a little far for me, so I don't get to go in person a lot, but for women to get together and they'll teach a class, they'll teach a certain skill, certain code language. And there's also, you know, a lot of Facebook groups for women coders. So it's definitely, definitely growing. (laughs) Yeah. It's all about community. I mean, you know, when you work from home, it can be so isolating. So yeah, finding those communities is key. Yes, absolutely. You also have your clothesline. So how do you balance it all? (laughs) You know, I have to be really disciplined. I don't watch a lot of TV (laughs) at all. But because I do things that are so different, it works for me. I actually started my handmade business because I missed being away from a screen and I wanted to make something tangible with my hands. So, you know, at the time I was, I was working really long hours. Um, I had a huge workload and um, I avoided doing freelance work at the time because it was just too much, you know, (laughs) like I couldn't, I I had no energy. My energy was depleted and I didn't want to feel like I wasn't giving my all to clients because it's important. Websites are, you know, a lot of times the first impression that you get of somebody's business. So, so I knew that I didn't want to do that (laughs) on the side. And I was really craving putting my off time energy into something that wasn't web related. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You kind of have to find like your outlets. So tell me more about your clothesline. I'm I'm so fascinated by that. You said it's upcycled clothes. Yeah. So um, it's called Chin Up Prints. And I started it as a way to combine graphic design and physical handmade products. It's definitely come a long way. (laughs) It started with just hand lettered art prints, and it evolved into um, upcycled screen printing shirts. So I do all screen printing by hand. And I use pre loved shirts from the thrift store. And it's just a way to you know, give back to the environment. And when I started at the time, I thought about, you know, doing doing the traditional route of, okay, I can go, you know, I can order a bunch of bulk t-shirts. And I just, I wanted to try something different. (laughs) So I kind of tested it out and I wanted to see, I just started screen printing on, I went to thrift stores and I, I picked through and found really great conditioned shirts Um, that were in nice, you know, trendy styles. And I started screen printing on them. It ended up working and it's even a selling point. So I'm going to be growing that and extending it to other products. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. So I'm just looking at it now and it's like the cutest stuff. How do you come up with your designs? Thanks. So I have the theme of 
empowerment and compassion. Those are two of my really big values. I also started it. I don't know if this will be too deep, (laughs) but I started it. And part of the name is about depression. So it's about um, having a positive outlook and um, empowering yourself like when you're going through really tough times. So that's kind of the the overall theme of the products. I like that a lot. So are you working to build your shop and your your freelance web design into a business full time? Or are you, do you like kind of being able to do different things? What, where are you on that? Yeah, yeah, that's um, definitely the main goal. I have the the goal of having a multi-purpose brick and mortar shop at some point, kind of like half a studio, half a um, handmade shop. You know, it would teach uh, creative classes with screen printing and design and just a bunch of different stuff. (laughs) Working out the, yeah, the business plan for that. But that's the ultimate goal is to kind of bring them all together. Yeah, that's very cool. As someone who's also very like multi-passionate about a lot of things, I really appreciate that. So it sounds like maybe in the future, you know, you might be growing a team. Has that been ever like in your mind? Yeah, yeah, I definitely um, would like to do that. I I used to think of myself as I guess, because I'm really introverted, I never thought of myself as a leader. But you know, over the years, I've realized that, you know, it, it doesn't matter, like, there are great introverted leaders out there, you just have a different way of going about things. And it's just a different style, different personality. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've talked to a lot of women who are also introverted and they've kind of struggled with, you know, being an entrepreneur because you you do kind of have to throw yourself out there sometimes. (laughs) So um, has that been a struggle for you? And if so, how have you kind of worked to, to, you know, make it work for you? Yeah, um, it is, it's hard to sometimes, maybe not stand up for myself, (laughs) but to set the boundaries in my design business. And I think that comes from, you know, oh, I want to, I want to hide in my little shell. Boundaries are interesting because I struggled with that as well. And I feel like I probably still am. I just don't notice it as much. But what were some of those boundaries that you noticed were getting crossed that kind of put your attention to having to revamp how you're handling it? I guess on, on my end, it wasn't having um, enough of a clear process outlined for myself. So it was kind of going off of being reactive mm-hmm. and not, you know, having a set intention for the way I was doing things. And that definitely has a lot to do with, you know, a certain confidence aspect. So as you keep doing things and you get more confident, you're able to, this is how, this is how I work. Yeah, I think you're right. The, the more you work on it and the more you do, you definitely grow that confidence as you go on. So. Kind of along those lines, did you ever really think you were going to be an entrepreneur? Is this kind of evolved into that? Oh, yeah, I definitely never thought about that. I didn't even know what it was until (laughs) a couple years ago. (laughs) And I still, you know, I still have trouble calling myself an entrepreneur. Yeah, a lot of people don't feel like they fit into that word. You know, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, yeah. My boyfriend will tell me, he'll be like, stop, (laughs) you are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, admitting it to other people is like the hardest part sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess when I was younger, I just kind of, I didn't necessarily know that I could create my own destiny. You know, you kind of, it's, it's go to college and then get this job and then, you know, work there for a bunch of years and then maybe go to another job. And 
And unless you see around you that there's these other options, you don't really know that they exist. Did it come out of like, you're unhappy at a job and you're like, oh, I just wish I want to be my own boss. Or is it just something that came out of your passion for doing what you do? I think it's a combination of both. I think it's the passion and not being, I get very restless and I can't like work on a specific thing for too long. Like I like to bounce back and forth. That's why I actually get energized by having like two separate businesses. Well, I guess that might be overwhelming some people It actually is really exhilarating for me. Oh, that's cool. I love that. Yeah. So like you never really kind of thought of it yourself. What were some of the reactions from the people in your life when you started telling people that you started your own business? Yeah. I mean, my my parents, first off, still don't really quite understand. <laughs> like, oh, you're always on your computer. <laughs> what are you doing on there? Are you making any money? Are you... <laughs> doing anything productive like and it's just a different generation like right. like i was saying there it's it's wild how you know there's so many people especially women who are running a business from their computers and i think it's it's a little difficult for different generations to fully grasp that concept yet mm-hmm. <laughs> so i just try to share whenever you know like oh hey i launched this new website i just try to share i try to share with my friends yeah two who are in different industries. And, you know, they I have, you know, a couple other friends who um, are really talented and have their own businesses. So it's it's really good to have that sense of community amongst friends. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. Having other friends that are business owners. It's like, it's awesome. Because like you mentioned, people just don't get it sometimes. And they're just confused about why you're (laughs) sitting in front of your computer all the time. So yeah, I I definitely understand that. Were they friends before? Did you go out and find them in these communities? Actually, a lot of my friends I made through having a business. So that was really great. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So I would like to kind of change gears for a second. I saw that, you know, you also work with email marketing and building templates and things like that. And I feel like email marketing and growing your list and all that stuff, it's like, we just hear it over and over and over again, but really nailing down and doing it well is is tough sometimes. So when you're kind of starting that process, what are some of the like key tenets that you know work really well that would be something that somebody's listening could implement for their email marketing? Yeah, email marketing is so, so important. And for most businesses, it's actually the biggest revenue stream and biggest source of sales. And I I think a lot of people get thrown off by the initial investment of time it takes uh, to set up, you know, to actually set up the list and set up different targeted campaigns. Um, But when you put the work in, it really, really pays off. I think being overly salesy, I think I mentioned this before, is what I see a lot and and kind of stepping back and you have to provide a lot of value to get value. You know, starting something that anyone can implement is just start a list and share your knowledge. Don't mention in every email about your course or your product. Just talk about what you know, talk about what you want to share make it friendly and conversational. And uh, because people notice really, really fast (laughs) when it feels spammy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. So what's kind of your standard? Do you say like weekly, monthly, you know, what do you find works best? Because I feel like that's the hardest thing to figure out for me. Yeah, weekly, weekly for sure. Cool. There's some legal stuff that comes along with like adding people's emails to your list and all that stuff. Are you familiar (laughs) with any of that? Because I feel like 
you could easily get in trouble by doing something like as simple as putting an email that you didn't get permission for on your list. Yeah, for sure. I haven't dug into the GDPR stuff yet. But in terms of your list, just make sure that people don't get what I found a lot when I when I sign up for um, people's mailing lists is I'll get put on multiple lists. And then I'll get sometimes as many as two emails a day from the same thing. Exactly. So you know, it's important to pay attention and have um, segments to make sure that you're excluding a person if they're on another list. And just don't grab people's emails from (laughs) other places. Always let them know. Send an intro email, let them know how you got on the list. Remind them because we're all busy and people forget, (laughs) you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. Consistency, I think is probably the biggest thing. That's what's so hard for me sometimes is just making sure I send it out every week. But I've definitely tried to like make it a priority. Like that's something that has to be done because you're right. It really is important and it does end up converting into sales down the road. It is. And you know what, when, if something happens and your website goes down, If Squarespace goes down, if Shopify is no longer an existing website, you know, you want something that holds all of your, your audience. And that's what it is that that's how you can stay in touch with, with all of your people. Yeah, that's I've definitely heard the same thing about like, if social media went down, and you lost all your followers, you would still have that list, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that people don't give it enough importance, because it really is something that could last through all those issues that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And keep keep reminding people, you know, why they're on the list, what you do, because, again, you know, people, we have very short attention spans. <laughs> and you need to just be reminded of, oh, right, like, this is, this is what this company is. This is why I'm still subscribing mm-hmm. to it, because it offers this value. Right, right. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So you've got so much going on, you know, with three different jobs and two businesses. But I mean, is there anything coming up in the future that you're really excited about and you're looking forward to? Yeah, I'm really excited about I'm writing my first ebook. I'm going to make a series of ebooks geared towards creatives for technical skills. So I'm writing one right now about WordPress. That one's going to be just a totally free resource. And then um, I'm writing another one about web development for designers. So just speaking the language of designers and people who don't have a technical background. That's very cool. I would definitely want to read that. Well, are there any resources other than, you know, the one that you're working on right now, books, podcast courses, magazines, anything out there that you found helpful personally or in your business journey that you would recommend to the listeners? Yeah, I definitely listen to a ton of podcasts. But in terms of books, there are two that I recently read that really stuck out to me. It's called How to Be Everything. She writes a blog for multi-potentialites called Putty Like. And I started reading her blog and then I found out that she wrote this book and it's great. It just talks about, you know, how you can, you know, being a multi-passionate person and how you navigate life and how you can put together your own career. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'll link to that in the show notes. And I'm sure everybody wants to check out everything you're doing. So can you tell the listeners how they can find you? Sure. You can find me at my website, amy.design. And my blog is at same URL slash blog. And uh, Chin Up Prints, my shop is at chinupprints.etsy.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and taking the time to talk to me today. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. I had a great time.
Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. Don't forget that you can check out previous episodes as well as all the show notes at www.hustlenomicspodcast.com. If you want to support the show, you can head over to iTunes and leave a rating or a review. Each review means so much to me, and it really helps the podcast on the business end. If you want to find another way to support the show, we're also on Patreon. You can find a link to our Patreon on our website. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like to hear covered on the show, feel free to DM me on Instagram or send me an email. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Hustlenomics Podcast. Be sure to visit www.hustlenomicspodcast.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover bonus content. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or if you want to apply to be a guest, use the contact form found on our website. Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep hustling.